Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6thandsports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Excited to be here as we continue to get you ready for Super Bowl 58 between your Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. We don't have a busy show planned today. We're saving a lot of those things for next week. We have Pete Sweeney, though. He's going to join us in studio coming up in exactly one hour. We'll take a closer look at the AFC championship game. There is still a stat that is stuck in my mind from the game. We'll talk about that with Pete Sweeney. We'll go through other random nonsense that we do in only drive fashion. But he's the only guest that we have planned today. No Peter King, no Mitch Holtis, no Patrick Mahomes, just me, you, and Rob. We are going to add one caveat today before I even take it to the next part of the show. Today is Rob's 31st birthday. Happy birthday to Rob. He turns 31 on the 31st. If you don't tell Rob happy birthday, you are automatically ineligible for. Time on the drive. Carrington dial me up right now. Caller number six, 913-586-7610. They win a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York style pizza, and they have taken over the town. They lovingly use 100% whole milk mozzarella, all organic tomato sauce with locally grown fresh ingredients, all made by KC guys who both know and love pizza. They got unique wines and craft and local beers. So if you're in the mood for maybe some slices, or maybe you're in the mood for a whole pie. Be sure to visit them now at pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me three favors. I know I'm asking a lot. Number one, I need you listening to The Drive each day at 2 o'clock. Number two, I need you to tell one friend. You don't got to tell two friends. Maybe next week you should tell two friends because it's a Super Bowl week. But this week, you know what? Only just tell one friend. And number three, you got to tell Rob happy birthday. If you don't tell Rob happy birthday, you cannot win the pizza from Pizza Tasio. We appreciate you listening here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. This is how I would like to start today's show. This Super Bowl is about Travis Kelsey. There are a lot of stars in this game. Patrick Mahomes, who is the quarterback for now his fourth Super Bowl, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Bosa. There are a lot of very talented players in this Super Bowl. This Super Bowl is about the stardom of Travis Kelsey. Some of you believe that Travis Kelsey can be the rock when his career is over. If he is going to be the rock, it starts this week on this Super Bowl stage. They have changed Super Bowl media day Monday night on NFL Network. And I believe they actually simulcast it on ABC 
all of the intrigue is going to be about the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be questions about your brother and what's his plans. It's going to be question about your mom. And is she going to be at the game? Is she going to be in a Super Bowl commercial? It's going to be about your future and what you plan on doing. It's going to be about your superstar girlfriend. There are going to be storylines that pop up over the course of the next eight days regarding this game. And there's a lot of very interesting ones. The legacy of Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy in his first Super Bowl and how he manages it as Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the NFL draft, Christian McCaffrey and a Hall of Fame career that he is putting together. There are a lot of great stories in this game. This story is about Travis Kelsey. And next week when they get to Super Bowl media day, He is going to have the most attention. It's not going to be the Hall of Fame quarterback. It's not going to be the best player of his generation. It's going to be about Travis Kelsey. Now, speaking about Travis Kelsey, he finds himself in a little bit of a hubbub. You know what, Rob? Let's play all three sides of this. Now, I think this is really ridiculous. I think this is really ridiculous because just as a man, you know that sometimes you argue for things, you get really mad about things that don't matter, but it's just part of being a guy. It's about pride. It's about principle. That's what I think this argument is between Travis Kelsey, Justin Tucker, and Patrick Mahomes. So, you know what? Why don't we start with the story from Justin Tucker? You guys remember... Justin Tucker is trying to warm up for the game. He's kicking the balls. He has his helmet there. And all of a sudden, he is in the way of Patrick Mahomes. They go over there, and there seems to be a little bit of a conversation. Here's Justin Tucker's side of the story. I find it kind of silly that we're even having to address it or talk about something that happened before the game that I really don't see as a big deal. Um, You know, I mean... I think if you just see the whole interaction and then you see us at the coin toss, we're all dapping each other up and then we just get on with the football game. But, um, you know, for those that don't know, the way it works is each team's kicker uh, goes to the other team's uh, designated warm-up area on the field. And for me, it's usually about 90 minutes before kickoff. So um, I've been doing the exact same thing for 12 years, never really had a problem with anybody. Um, but. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just kind of the way, the way we've always done it, and the way uh, kickers around the league have always done it. Um, you know, and I, I saw Patrick there trying to warm up and get some drop back. So uh, he asked me while I was on the ground stretching, like if I could move my helmet. So I happily got up and I moved my helmet out of the way. At least I thought it was enough out of the way. Um, and then uh, Travis comes over and he just kicks my stuff and he throws my helmet. And I just thought it was all just some gamesmanship, um, you know, all in good fun, but. They seem to be taken a little bit more seriously. Um, and uh, I'm I'm totally willing to let it all go. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to explain that. That's just, you know, what I've done for 12 years. And it's, it's not like I'm out there trying to be problematic. I'm just trying to get ready for the football game just like they are. You didn't say and that's and that's that's all I really got to say about okay. it. Okay, well, just to be clear. Have you ever had it, like in those 12 years of doing that, have you ever had an issue like that before? No, like I just said, never, never had a, an issue with anybody. Um, you know, we're all, at the end of the day, we're all professionals just trying to get ready for the football game. Uh, those are two of the best players that have ever played the game at their respective positions. They're just trying to get ready for the football game. Obviously, it's an intense environment, so um, it's, it's really whatever to me, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to get ready for the football game. You said nothing. You just let it go, right? 
Yeah, I was just getting ready for the football game. All right, a couple of things. And I do want to play what Mahomes had to say, and I do want to play what Travis Kelsey had to say. I don't like when you start using big words. I'm not out there trying to be problematic. It's usually you're trying to be problematic. I don't like you're throwing too many big words at me. And since I don't know what they mean, I'm going to take them as a sign of disrespect. Watch your mouth and kick the football. I just didn't like that. Number two, it's pretty telling to me that no one from the Ravens came over there to have Justin Tucker's back. You saw that Kelsey came over there to have his teammates back. He seemed way more upset about it than Patrick Mahomes did. Mahomes is trying to go through his workouts and they're in the way and they're moving stuff. It just seems like guy stuff. One big sword measuring contest between the Chiefs and the Ravens before the game. You know the stakes that are involved and both teams are probably just being annoying in this scenario. So let's hear what Patrick Mahomes has to say. So you heard the Ravens side of the story. Let's hear the Chiefs side of the story. Here is Patrick Mahomes. He was on our show yesterday. Here is he telling us about the beef. I've had like seven years of, of kind of doing that same warm-up routine, and there's only been, a, I think, like three occasions where there's been a kicker that wasn't uh, – because uh, you don't usually talk to guys, so there's been a kicker that wasn't necessarily moving out the way or you, kind of, you weren't kind of sharing the field um, in the right way. And, I mean, it was in Baltimore all three times, so – um, I, he does that little stuff, I think, to try to get under our skin. And I asked him to move his stuff, and he, and he got up and moved it, I think, two inches, um, but, but didn't move it out of the way. And I, I was going to kind of let it slide, but Travis kind of got it and moved it for me. And then after that, I wasn't going to let him put it back down. So it's, it's something that we, we move on. I mean, I have a lot of respect for him as a player and as a kicker. Um, one of the best kickers of all time, probably the best kicker of all time, but at the same time, you got to have respect for each team, and we all share the field, and we, we try to do that in a respectful way. So that's the Patrick Mahomes side of the story. I don't know why, but I think Patrick Mahomes' side of the story is actually pretty believable. Hey, this is what I usually do. This guy is over here. He's trying to mark his territory. This is our field. This is my end zone that I feel comfortable with. I'm not moving for you. You need to move for me because you're the visiting team. That side of the story actually makes a lot of sense. Where there's maybe other kickers who don't have the cachet, maybe don't have the ego of Justin Tucker, who is the greatest kicker of all time if you look at the numbers. Hey, this is how I get ready for the game. I'm not moving for you in my stadium. You need to move. And Pat's like, bruh, move. You know this is our side of the field move. And now it's a, it's a game of chicken. It's a staring contest. It's a standoff between two great players. And, I mean, you guys got to know enough to know that Patrick Mahomes isn't losing in the standoff. He just continues to work. And then big brother Kelsey comes over and eliminates this. Here is what Travis Kelsey had to say about the beef with the Ravens kicker. The other team's designated area you kind of stay out of their way. You know, you you don't you don't interfere with what they have going on. That is the unwritten rule. That's the unwritten rule. If you want to be a f- about it, you keep your helmet and your football and your f- <laughs> kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up and they're yeah. dropping eyes are looking left and they got a, a helmet down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous really, but like if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you. If you're going to be a d- I promise you I can. <laughs> I can one-up you every time, dude. This is a story about guys just being guys. I think we can now put it to rest. We have heard all three sides of the story. We have heard Justin Tucker's side. We have heard Patrick Mahomes' side. 
We have heard Travis Kelsey's side. This just sounds like a story of bros being bros, dudes being dudes. This is not a big deal. This is probably ego on all fronts. Justin Tucker, I'm going to warm up where I usually warm up. I'm not moving my stuff for you. You can go to the other side of the field. Patrick Mahomes is like, this is where I always warm up. This is not an issue in any other NFL stadium. Why is it an issue with you? And then Kelsey comes over there and says, we not doing that today before the AFC championship game. You need to move your things and you go down to the other side. Just the story about guys being guys. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6th and and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Rob, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Travis Kelsey can win Super Bowl MVP? Because we were just talking about Travis Kelsey, how I think that he can be the star of Super Bowl weekend. Let's be clear. He has been the star of the NFL season. I know Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback and the still reigning NFL MVP and maybe the greatest quarterback that we have ever seen. This NFL season, the storyline has been about Travis Kelsey now ascending to that A-list in the NFL. He is no longer just a football star. He is a pop culture star. And what the perfect cap to this season would be for Travis Kelsey is if he won Super Bowl MVP and Taylor Swift is standing right there alongside him. He would have won the Super Bowl MVP if the exact same game that happened in the AFC championship game happens next Sunday in Las Vegas. 
I know Patrick Mahomes made the big throw at the end of the game. The Chiefs scored zero points in the second half. In the first half, Travis Kelsey had 11 catches for over 100 yards and had a touchdown and a pretty remarkable catch and has had one of the great postseason runs of any player in the history of the National Football League. I think they would have gave Travis Kelsey Super Bowl MVP, and I would have voted for Travis Kelsey to win Super Bowl MVP. Just like on the San Francisco side, I would have voted for Christian McCaffrey or Brandon Ayuk to be Super Bowl MVP if the NFC Championship game was the Super Bowl. So I went back and I looked and I did the numbers. So in four of the last 10, a non-quarterback has won the award. In five of the last 15 and seven of the last 20. Obviously, the likeliness is that a quarterback is going to win this award, whether it's San Francisco's quarterback, whether it's Kansas City's quarterback. I don't think it's crazy in this game, especially with either offense, to think that Christian McCaffrey could win MVP of this game or Brandon Ayuk could win MVP of this game or George Kittle are on the Chiefs' side, Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, or especially Travis Kelsey. If you plan on laying a couple dollars on this and you want to get your value, I don't think that Travis Kelsey to win Super Bowl MVP, depending on where you get it at, I saw it at 10 to 1 odds. I don't think that's a bad bet to make. I also think, and I agree with you, I also think, I think the fact that Patrick Mahomes has won the award twice is also something that could prevent him from winning the award a third time. Because right or wrong, I think Travis Kelsey is going to be judged this Super Bowl versus past Super Bowl performances. And he was good, not great in the Niners Super Bowl, but he was sensational in the Eagles Super Bowl. If he's not sensational again, do they go a different path? You mentioned the stats. Matt Stafford was good in the Super Bowl, but he wasn't sensational. They gave it to Cooper Cup. I wonder if Patrick Mahomes' success at this level almost handcuffs him from winning it a third time, which means that if you believe the Chiefs are going to win, and I imagine most people listening believe the Chiefs are going to win, means that you need to find some hidden value, and playing Mahomes is no value. I think Kelsey is incredible value. I think Pacheco is also good value if we're going to play this game. I think it's going to be one of those two. I think Kelsey has a real chance to walk away Super Bowl MVP, and he and Taylor Swift have a day in Disney World. Like, I'm looking at two text messages right here. Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, dude, stop it. Kelsey wouldn't win MVP. He wouldn't have won it last game either. Come on. Someone else said Kelsey would need multiple touchdowns and catches to get the MVP talk. Am I crazy for thinking that if the AFC Championship game was the Super Bowl, that Travis Kelsey would have won the award. Patrick Mahomes did not have a great day by the numbers. He was 30 of 39 for 241 yards passing and had one touchdown in the game. Now, he made a couple of big-time throws, and I'm not saying that he played poorly. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP award from the game. I don't think he was the best player on the field in Sunday's game. I think that player was Travis Kelsey in that game. Someone says, what about somebody from the defense would have won? I don't think there was one player on the defense that you would have given the award to over Travis Kelsey. I mean, in tackles, Drew Tranquil had the most tackles in the game, at least for the Chiefs. He had eight tackles in the game, but didn't have a sack, didn't have a tackle for loss, didn't have a turnover. I mean, Justin Reed had a couple of sacks, a couple of fumbles. It just, I think the answer would have been Kelsey. I think this game could be low scoring. 
we know Kansas City's offense and inconsistencies, and we know their defense, where I don't think San Francisco is storing 30 in this game. If the Chiefs win a 24-17 game and their offense stalls in the second half, but Kelsey has five catches for 90 yards and a touchdown in the first half, I don't think it's crazy to think that he wins the award. I mean, Brady didn't win every single MVP award, and he's been 10 times. <laughs> he, he, he did not win every single MVP. If you think that Mahomes is going to this thing five or six times, which is very much in play, I would guess that one of the times that he wins it, somebody else wins Super Bowl MVP. I think this year it could be Travis Kelsey. To further your point, I looked back at it. The third Super Bowl Brady won. He had one MVP in the first two. The third Super Bowl Brady won. He beat the Eagles. Ironically, the Andy Reid Eagles. Remember the game where McNabb pukes and T.O. puts him on blast? Brady was 23 of 33 for 236 and two touchdowns. That's fantastic. That's MVP level stuff from Tom Brady. But Dion Branch caught 11 of those 23 passes for 133 yards. Who won MVP that day in Tampa? It was Dion Branch on 11 catches, not Tom Brady. It would have been Tom Brady's third Super Bowl victory. So there is a historical precedent for guy who's great at quarterback plays well in the Super Bowl, but his top pass catcher goes out and wins MVP. There is, this has happened before. I think you also could argue Snead. I mean, Snead is probably the best argument for a defensive player. If the AFC championship game was the Super Bowl because of the forced fumble at the goal line, which is a major reason of why the Chiefs won the game. A major reason why. It's hard for me to imagine a corner winning it without getting I, a pick. I agree. Like, you would probably have to have a Malcolm Butler kind of game or a Malcolm Butler kind Even of play. Even then, Tom Brady won that one, didn't he? Uh, let me look it up here. Double check me. I yeah, think let, Brady, let me pull I it up here. Brady, I'm, I'm pretty sure Malcolm Butler won the award. Maybe but I'm wrong. But I know. It'd be pretty crazy if you made the greatest defensive play in the history of the Super Bowl and didn't win Super Bowl MVP. I know that Dexter Jackson as a D-back won against for the mm -hmm. Bucks. He had a super, he had a touchdown as a D-back. I know Malcolm Smith, the uh, linebacker for the Seahawks, when they throttled Peyton Manning, he won it. But he had a Super Bowl, he had a touchdown and another pick. Like it takes a lot for a defensive player to win MVP. Now maybe Malcolm Butler won it. And I'm You're wrong. right. Malcolm Butler didn't win it. I had it mixed up. Malcolm Smith. Yeah. So Whenever had, Seattle won it, Malcolm Smith won it. He had the uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. he, he had an interception return for a touchdown, a fumble and, recovery, and had 10 uh, tackles in the yep. game. If you do that, you got a chance to win the award. If you're a defensive player, you have to score a touchdown. That's basically what it is. Because I think Dexter Jackson also won one. Vaughn Miller did not score a touchdown. He won one. But you have to have a wow kind of game turnover wise. I don't know if Snee would have won it from Saturday, Sunday's AFC title game. We're just talking about the possibility of Travis Kelsey winning Super Bowl MVP. I believe right now you can get him at plus 1,000, plus 1,200, depending on where you get your book. If you actually had done it before the AFC championship game, you could have got it at plus 8,500. So you could have got 85 to 1 on Travis Kelsey who won Super Bowl MVP. Odds jump because he played really well in the AFC championship game. And now the Chiefs have won the game. So obviously he has a, a much better chance of winning the award. Four of the last 10 Super Bowl MVPs have been non-quarterbacks. Five of the last 15, seven of the last 20. The last non-quarterback to win the award, Rob. Ooh, is that Vaughn Miller? Cooper Cup. Oh, yeah. Cooper Cup a couple in, of years ago. I was in my defense only mode. So yeah, I Cooper Cup yeah. a couple of years ago won Super Bowl MVP. I probably would have voted for Aaron Donald mm -hmm. in that game. But you know what? Cooper Cup, he was not a bad suggestion for how he played uh, that year in the Super Bowl. Coming up on the other side, Rob and I have been having a running back debate, a very different running back debate than we normally have. We'll bring it to you guys. Keep it right here. It's the drive. 
You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Just a story posted by the Kansas City Star about some of the fun novelty prop bets that exist for the Super Bowl. Like you can bet the over-under on the national anthem. That is at 86.5 seconds. The Queen, Reba McIntyre, she's performing. You can bet on the coin toss, heads or tails. You guys know tails never fails. Rob, you can bet if a kick will make contact with the uprights. If someone's going to go doink. You can bet on that if you would like. You can bet on the first team to throw the challenge flag. You can bet over under eight and a half songs performed by Usher at halftime. You have to like the over on that, right? I was going to say the total opposite. The under on eight and a half. I think he's playing full songs. I think he's playing the hits all the way through. And I think there's going to be a special guest other than Ludacris who might take a little shine away and gobble up some time. I think you... I think you have to take the under eight and a half. So last year, Rihanna performed 12 songs, but she had no guests. No, no, you're right. She guests. didn't have any guests. 12 songs is still a lot. Eight and a half. I don't think Usher's going up there and giving you seven or eight. I think he, I think he might give you a solid 10. And at the end, Ludacris and little John come out and they perform. Yeah. Together. That's how I think. I think that's going to be the big thing is that they all come together to do. Yeah. I think they're all going to do. Yeah. But I think they're going to, I think he's going to do yeah and then pivot to other songs, then come back to yeah with everyone at the end. But I also think there's going to be a special guest. And if you want my dark horse, who's the special guest? Guess? I think it's Bieber. I think Bieber shows up. You think up Bieber's half. coming out? He's going to do baby together? He and Usher are buddies. They go back a long way. Didn't Usher discover Bieber? Yeah. So I'm doing baby together. Now, if, they, if you count that as an Usher song, Okay, you can get over eight and a half, but I think oh, Bieber's popping that's up. that's interesting because it could be Usher does eight songs, Bieber does the one, you end up hitting the under on a technicality. That's interesting, very interesting. Uh, Taylor Swift to make a guest appearance at halftime is plus 550. I would say those odds aren't nearly enough. I do not think she will be coming out during the halftime show. Rob and I have had this debate on what you think the first song played by Usher is. I think it's going to be my way. I think he comes out to my way and he does that for a little bit. And then he goes into some of his more popular songs. I think he's doing my way. He's coming out hot. He's playing. He's playing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's the first song. You don't do your biggest song as the first song. What did Rihanna open with? Uh, Rihanna opened up with uh, diamonds, right? Better have my money was Rihanna's first song. Uh, you know, she she didn't bring her best and song Yeah, and then out. she did Umbrella 11 and Diamonds was the last song. Yeah, no one does their biggest song what? first. Dre did, Dre did his best song first, though, didn't he? I have to go back and check the I set list for you. I have to double check. Because I, oh. I thought Dre led with still Dre. You think that's Dr. Dre's biggest song? I would say I think it's the biggest. I think it's the most well-known song. I, I actually think, think it's the next episode. I think it, I think still Dre is more popular. I don't know what's better, if that makes sense. Uh, hold on. I will uh, pull it up for you. It was actually next episode was the oh, uh, there you go. the first song that was performed. So then you would say he led with his best song. 
Yeah, I think that was different because there was so many other people that were on it. And still, Dre was actually the last song that he performed. So, yeah, kind of same six in hand, one hand, half a dozen in the other. Uh, and then you can obviously bet on the color of liquid poured on the winning coach. Purple right now is the favorite at plus 200. Purple is the favorite. Just wanted to give you guys some of the prop, uh, some of the prop bets, the fun prop bets that are out there for the Super Bowl. This is the debate that Rob and I were having, and this was a different running back conversation than we usually have. Pete Sweeney's going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes or so. How many Hall of Fame running backs do you think are currently in the National Football League? Because I think there are two obvious answers. Christian McCaffrey is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I saw his stats yesterday. It got posted online of what he has done since he has joined the San Francisco 49ers, and he has been incredible. So since being traded to the Niners, he has 650 touches. He has 2,600 rushing yards, 1,200 receiving yards, and 38 touchdowns since he joined the San Francisco 49ers in the middle of last season. He has been absolutely incredible. When you add that to what he accomplished in Carolina, I think that Christian McCaffrey will be in the Hall of Fame at some point. I think the other running back is Derrick Henry. I would put that three-year stretch of Derrick Henry up against a lot of running backs all time, and Derrick Henry was a better and more dominant player than many of them. After that, I think it really starts to get difficult on if there is another Hall of Fame running back in the National Football League. I actually don't think there is another one, Rob. I think that's it. You are our resident running back guru. Do you think that there is another Hall of Fame running back in the National Football League currently outside of Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry? No, I think those are the two. And that includes guys who I think are just on rosters and, you know, you know, had a great career and are at the end, like Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, even though he's had a good career and is now just kind of hanging on at the end. I think the answer is two, because I went through it, and I kind of thought of each team. Man, there is not a lot of dominant running backs across the NFL, and the ones that do exist, I don't think either have the body of work yet or just not going to have the time spent. Like, the Ravens were the best rushing team in the NFL. Their starting running back's Gus Edwards. He's not going into the Hall of Fame. Like, Last year's AFC title contender, the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Mixon, not going into the Hall of Fame. Like, think of all the best teams across the NFL. David Montgomery's very good. He was great this year for the Lions, not going into the Hall of Fame. So I think there's two obvious ones, and I think this conversation is going to lead voters to have to evaluate running back differently. The same way whenever Luke Keekley gets on the ballot, we're going to have to change our perspective on what is and isn't a hall of famer because you're, you're great for a short time, not a long time. You still deserve to be in that conversation is going to pivot to running backs because not many of them are dominant over the span of two contracts. And if you're a great for one, one and a half contracts, is that hall of fame worthy? That's what's eventually going to happen in the NFL. Like I know we got hurt, but Nick Chubb was on a hall of fame trajectory. What happens now? He was great when he was great, but you assume post-injury, it's going to fall off. I think the fact there are only two in the league is going to make us change the way we evaluate the position at the Hall of Fame level. There are three people on the text line that are asking about Aaron Jones. Is Aaron Jones a much better running back than I thought he was? Because he wasn't even a running back that I even like considered to be there. Like The first running back that I thought of outside of McCaffrey and Henry was actually Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott, and I don't think that either of them are a Hall of Famer, but those were the first two names that popped up to me if you said name one of those guys. Aaron Jones has been to one Pro Bowl and has never been an All-Pro before. I 
I don't think Aaron Jones is cl- even remarkably close to a Hall of Famer. He only has three seasons. I wish he'd run for more than a thousand yards. I think Aaron Jones is a good back, a capable back. I don't think he's close to a Hall of Fame back at all. I think the answer is just two. Is there another tight end that you could see being a Hall of Famer aside from the two tight ends that are playing in this game? Obviously, Kelsey is going. I would also say that obviously George Kittle is going too. He has been the second best tight end of his generation. That guy gets in. I don't think that he at this point is a no doubt first ballot Hall of Famer the way that Travis Kelsey is. Like Kelsey is not going to have to wait. The five-year minimum, Kelsey is going in on that first ballot. George Kittle may have to wait just a bit if he doesn't get a championship. If he gets a championship, then obviously that changed. He has been a four-time All-Pro. He has made the Pro Bowl five times. He is just 30 years old, so you would think that there's still a lot of good football left for George Kittle. If he gets one Super Bowl ring, then he is possibly a first ballot Hall of Famer. We already know about Kelsey. Is there anybody else in the league that you think is even close, even can make an argument to being a Hall of Fame tight end? No one close, but I'm going to make an odd argument for you. Do you think Sam Laporta is on the trajectory? I know he's a rookie. I know there's a lot of time left. There's a lot of meat on the bone to quote you. He had a great first year. He was an all pro in his first year. He had a great first season. He has an argument for being offensive rookie of the year. Not a lot of tight ends. Check those boxes in year one. I don't know if I can say that yet for Sam Laporta, just in this vein, you know how many yards Sam Laporta had this year and Sam Laporta had a phenomenal rookie season. He had less than 900 yards receiving this year. He had 86 catches for 889 and 10 touchdowns. That's a strong season. That's not Pete Kelsey. That's not Pete Kittle. That's not Pete Antonio Gates or some of the great tight ends that we've However, seen. However, that's not Pete Jimmy Grip. Now, if he can peak, turn into it, it's rookie. I mean, compare rookie to rookie, agree, though. That's 100%. where the ball game changes a little bit. I just can't do that. You, you got to get your first thousand yard season before I start putting Hall of Fame conversations around you. You got to go have one of those 105 catches for a thousand yards, 12 touchdown kind of seasons. I got to see you do that before I start putting you in that in that conversation. That's why I don't think there's anyone that sheer fire. I don't think there's anyone where you have like, oh, he's in like TJ Hawkins had a good career. He's the hall of good to me. I think that's just, you know, the way it's going to shake out for him. Like thinking of guys across the league. I think there's a lot of hall of good, but not a lot of hall of fame. I was just curious the conversation on Laporta because he's as he's off to as good a start as you can imagine from a rookie, but there's just so much more story left to tell, but he's the only guy I'd have a conversation about right now. A lot of people on the text line are asking, what do you think about Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews only has one season in which he's mm-hmm. had a thousand yard a year. I just don't know if you can play at the same time as Kittle, the same time as Kelsey and not even come close to putting up the numbers that those, that those individuals did. And Mark Andrews is obviously a very, very good tight end. He only has one season where he's had more than 900 yards receiving. I know he plays in an offense and plays with Lamar, so that changes his numbers. I don't think that Mark Andrews is close to being a Hall of Famer. He only has it's accolades, right? He only has one All-Pro. Or does he even have the one All-Pro? I think he only has one. He's going to be, we look back and go, man, he was really good. He just was in the same era as Kittle and Kelsey and got screwed by it. Tough break, but that's kind of life sometimes, how it works. Yeah, a lot of people are saying Mark Andrews played in a run offense first. I just, yeah, I just, these numbers are just very, very ant to me. Someone asks about on the text line about the, it's like near the end guy, Zach Ertz. I would say Zach Ertz is a no. Yeah, I would say Zach Ertz is a no. Zach Ertz is a no. Zach Ertz was another Hall of Good player. 
productive yeah, NFL tight ends. Yeah, a lot of these guys are good players. Yeah, not Hall of Fame. Zach Ertz also only has one season yeah. of over 1,000 yards. I'm just, you got one. You're just Peyton Hillis with more consistency. You had a spark, and that was it. Good, good player. Of all the disagreements that you and I have, Rob, we normally are in line with who is a Hall of Famer and who isn't a Hall of Famer. Being good and well-known for a long period of time, that's not enough to get you, at least in my Hall of Fame. You can't have one elite high-end year and then you're a Hall of Famer for me or just be good. Like Zach Ertz was good for a long time. He was an 800-yard receiver for five years in the league. That's good. No, No problem with that. Not when I'm looking at what Kelsey's doing on the other side. Not when I look at what Antonio Gates was doing. Not when I look at what Tony Gonzalez was doing. I'm talking about cream of the crop. These are the tight ends that get into the Hall of Fame. You can't have one dynamic season and then argue you're a Hall of Famer to me. I would also say for people on the text line who are, I kind of forgot Jimmy Graham was in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy Graham kind of falls in the same category as Mark Andrews to me, right? I don't know his accolades off the top of my head, but I don't remember Jimmy Graham being some Antonio Gates level. Wow. Jimmy player. Graham did have like a two year stretch where he was amazing. Though. Not enough. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but I don't think that's enough either. No, I wouldn't vote Jimmy Graham into the hall of fame either, but Jimmy Graham had, he had two monster seasons, 2011 with new Orleans. He had 99 catches for 1300 yards and 11 touchdowns. And then a couple years later in new Orleans, he had 86 catches for 1200 yards and 16 touchdowns. So he had two as high of peaks that you could possibly have at the position. And then he was just good for a while. You know, he was good after that. I would vote no on Jimmy Graham if I was a Hall of Fame voter. I would vote no. I would agree. I actually kind of forgot he was in the league. Is To be honest with you, I, he got kind of signed late by the Saints. But yeah, I would also put him in the no category. It feels good when you and I are on the same team, you know, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen often that you and I are in the same conversation, but this time it, uh, this time it happened. So I actually, uh, I feel, I feel very good that you and I are on the same page once for a hall of fame debate coming up at the top of the hour. We're going to be joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead pride. He's going to be on the show coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Travis Kelsey earlier today was on the Pat McAfee show and well, I'll play it for you. Did you wear the all black on purpose too? I saw the, uh, you know, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones, Chris Jones made it, made sure to tell everybody, make sure you're wearing all black this week. Hey. We're going in there. We're going we're gonna to hit the bank like chiefs of holic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching in jail somewhere right now. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I did have my impact on the game. Where's my wolf mask? <laughs> show and Travis Kelsey earlier today went on the Pat McAfee show and was talking about uh, them wearing all black to the stadium. I actually, uh, I did not notice that I was not paying attention. I didn't even, cause I saw like Snead coming in. Snead had on like a, he had like a red suit on and then MVS. He has that hat that makes him look like Pharrell. You know, the hat I'm talking about, you've seen that hat that MVS wore. He, he looks like Pharrell or Kung Lao from Mortal Kombat. I didn't notice that they were ran the all black until I heard uh, Travis Kelsey's interview earlier today on the Pat McAfee show. I should have been paying closer attention to that. Did, did you notice that? Did you know that they were wearing all black on, uh, on, on Sunday? No, but I had heard the chiefs of thing because MVS tweeted out after the game, he tweeted out, we left the bank and then he had a photo of chiefs of but I didn't notice the all black thing. I, I knew the Chiefs of Holic thing, but did not notice the all black. Good, 
Good for them. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to be joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Now, I'm going to do this reluctantly, and I'm only doing this because today is Rob's birthday. Today, Rob turns 31 years old. Happy birthday to our guy, Rob. Salute to him. Let's start number one. Now, I don't want you to tell anybody this, Rob, but I would really like to go to the Kansas game against UNLV. Now, this is not a game that I would go to if it was in Allen or if it was in Lawrence. This is not a game that I would go to if it was at Arrowhead. Do not have any interest. The fact that they are playing a real team at Sporting Park actually piques my interest a little bit. You've been to that stadium before. Very small, intimate, right on top of each other. It only seats, what, 10,000 people. That's going to be a fun, lively environment for a college football game. UNLV made a bowl game last year. They were not a bad football team by any means. They got Barry Odom at head coach. I'd be very interested in going to that game. Now, I thought I would be interested in going to the Colorado game. It's near the end of November. That's probably not a game I'm going to be at. I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, at that point of the of the college football season, I'm not going out there. It's cold. It's windy. It's 41 degrees outside. I'll be watching that game at the house. But I am very intrigued to see how Kansas performs this year. They got two games at Sporting Park. They got four games at Arrowhead. I actually have a serious question. What are they going to do for all those businesses? Because if you are a business on Mass Street, those six home games are really, really important to you. If you're a hotel in Lawrence, having six home football games is a really, really big deal. You're just going to lose all of that money over the course of the fall? That stinks. I don't know their plan. I mean, there's a lot of their plan that I don't know. Like me and some buddies talking yesterday, like what happens to the student body? If you're a student and you want to go to a KU game, are they going to bust you out? Or do you have to drive to Children's Mercy Park or Arrowhead on your own? I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how the season ticket holders are going to be I assume they're going to have something for the something. students. I don't know how they're going to handle the, the economic loss that Lawrence will face. I assume they have some sort of projections or like they've done some math. The statisticians have done some work because I can't imagine they tear down the stadium and just thought, oh boy, we didn't think this through. But that I mean... Bill Snyder always said he liked home games in Manhattan to benefit Manhattan businesses. Lawrence businesses will obviously be affected by Kansas being not in Lawrence in 2024. Another thing is, are people really upset about this horns down thing? Like, I know the coach for Texas, he was mad about this a couple of days ago. I saw that KU played really the only team that they can dominate in Big 12 play this year is Oklahoma State. Oh, you better watch. That's when you really get to see Kansas at full strength. When they play Oklahoma State this year, they really pound them into submission. They don't do that to anybody else in Big 12 play except Oklahoma State. I saw yesterday they were at the game and they were doing horns down. Are people mad about this? Is this something I didn't keep up with it, but I know that they were mad about this two weeks ago. I don't know if they're still mad about this. It seems like very much a college football, college basketball thing to be mad at that they are now making fun of your hand signals. Was this a thing yesterday at the game? Were you at the game yesterday? I was at the game yesterday when they showed the Chiefs offensive line. The members that went to Oklahoma or at one point played at Oklahoma all proudly hit the horns down. So, I mean, I don't feel any way about it. Do horns down all you want. Why are they doing that at a game in which Texas isn't playing? Just a reminder that Texas still sucks. 
Is that what, I mean, I, I don't know this. Help me if I'm wrong here. That sounds like rent-free to me. It sounds like rent-free. To be fair, me and you should be on the same team here. Do you know why conference realignment started? Texas sucks. Okay, I just was wondering. I just didn't know. I was, uh, I was unaware. I just was asking. I saw this. You guys are playing Houston this week. You guys going to be favored in that game? Because nope. I, saw, I saw that Ken Palm actually has Houston as a five-point favorite. They have Houston as a five-point favorite in Allen Fieldhouse? Absolutely not. Sign me up. Yeah, I will hap- happily take. I would take KU against the Pistons at Allen Fieldhouse. I've seen that building. I've seen what that building can do, and they are not letting you go into Allen Fieldhouse and leave with the win. They would 100% beat the Pistons. 100% beat them if they played that game at Allen Fieldhouse. They wouldn't beat them anywhere else. But in that building, with those officials playing eight on five, 100%. They would leave with the win. Coming up on the other side, someone that has been to Allen Fieldhouse a time or two, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, the editor-in-chief. Pete Sweeney will join us coming up at the top of the hour. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 